Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
hey everybody. Welcome to our Sunday night edition of Prayer International Radio. I am your host for the night, Sean Holmberg. Um, our call in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer at any point during the night, please give us a call. And we are here to pray for you, to intercede for whatever needs you have tonight. Most of all, we're here to um, proclaim the goodness, the mercy, and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ into this earth. Father God, in your name alone, Lord, we ask that through your Holy Spirit tonight you would give us wisdom and give us revelation into your word. Father, that you would reveal your word to us and make it alive to us, fresh and anew, Father. Lord, even words that we've heard a million times, Father, we ask that you would quicken them in our spirits tonight. Father, cleanse our hearts and cleanse our minds through your word. Lord, give us hearts that long to serve you. Give us hearts that long to seek your face. Father, give us hearts that will not relent, will not wait, will not rest until we have found ourselves standing in your presence, until we find ourselves standing face to face with you, God. For tonight, God, that's the desire of our heart collectively, Father, across this world. Our desire is to know you, Lord. So as it says in in the book of Ephesians, God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Lord, let the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light, that we would know what is the hope of our calling. Jesus, tonight we yield ourselves, we surrender ourselves to your word. We surrender ourselves to your will, God, to your plans and to your purposes. Father, we hide ourselves in your cross, Lord. Lord, asking for you to give us an obedient heart, Father. Give us hearts of surrender and submission to you. Father, tonight in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I ask that you would burn in us a godly fear. Father, not a fear as the world would have it, Lord. But give us a godly reverence for who you are, for the greatness and the magnitude of your name, Jesus. So, everybody, um, once again, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call, and you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so I wanted to um, start off the broadcast, and um, if I can speak um, plainly, freely to some of you. I was speaking with um, Chris, the other host of the show, and... um, we like switch shows every other night and I do one and he does one and vice versa. So we don't get um, 
too worn out from doing the shows, um, which can happen when you do them seven nights a week. And we always find ourselves um, not completely being aware of what we're going to preach on if we preach, what we're going to talk about, um, what direction the Holy Spirit is going to move in in any particular night. And most nights we usually have absolutely no clue what we're going to talk about. We really don't. Um, We get on the show because we know that at any point, um, seven nights a week for the two hours we host Prayer International Radio, there's going to be someone out there listening, whether they listen live or, you know, they could listen to an archive a year or two from now. And it really doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit can use the same words to touch people's lives. It doesn't always have to be someone who's listening live. And so our opinion um, and our mutual understanding of what the Father was doing was that we wanted to make ourselves available because there are far too many people in the world who don't know the love of God, who don't know the grace of God, who don't know that they have salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ. And there are people out there who need prayer, who need intercession, who need healing and deliverance, who need uh, comfort and a touch from the Lord. And as always, we want to make ourselves available, not for the sake of the name Prayer International, um, because the name means nothing, not for me and Chris, because in the long run, we're nothing but servants of the Lord, um, but for Jesus. Because in the end, um, he's all that matters, his heart, his desires. What he wants is all that matters. Like I said the other night, um, I saw a video about this young, young um, girl who um, the Lord had visited, and he gave her visions of heaven. And the first thing that Jesus said to her, when he was starting to give her these revelations and these visions of what heaven and the um, spiritual realm was like, as he told her, I want to show you the deep things of my heart. And the first thing Jesus showed her was hell. And the people who were in torment, the people who were suffering, the people who had, for whatever reason, made a choice not to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it was through rebellion or or it was through ignorance, um, through lack of knowledge. And some of those people who end up in hell um, will be partly our fault um, because we refuse to be obedient to his word. As Jesus said, um, freely you have received, freely give. And as we have freely received the word of truth, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, freely we are required to give it away, to proclaim that which we know to be the truth in a world that is persuaded and deceived and corrupted by the lies of the enemy. Um, We who are, as Jesus declared, we're lamps and lights upon a hill, um, and we should not be hidden. And the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is definitely not hidden in this world, but it does need those who are willing who have the hearts um, that are willing to be bold for the Father and to boldly proclaim from one corner of the earth to the other that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
regardless of what the world declares, regardless of what the world does, what it believes, what it perceives, it, it really makes no difference. Because as Jesus said, um, as you go preach, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. And we usually get into the rest of the verse, which is the exciting part of the verse. Um, if all of you, um, and, and you know, the, the very fact that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand should be enough for us. It should be sufficient, but we go on, and the rest of the verse says, As you go, preach, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And, you know, all that stuff is exciting. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, I'm sorry, I forgot, cast out demons, and raise the dead. Um, all those things that we saw in the, lives of, in the life of Jesus, all those things we saw in the lives of the disciples, all those things that we still see in the world we live in today, although not in as an abundance as we saw in the life of Jesus or in the lives of the disciples and those who followed Jesus after his death and resurrection. But those things still happen. All across the world, there are people who, are, who believe the word of God, and they pay no attention to the flesh. They pay no attention to what their feelings say or any of that other stuff, um, to any type of religious dogma, regardless of where it comes from. And they just trust the Lord that he is faithful to his word. And if he said something, he's more than able and more than willing to fulfill his word for those who will be obedient to it. And so all that stuff is the exciting things, the, um, the supernatural, the miraculous things um, in this life, um, we, this new life we have of being Christians, of being followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's the first part of that tonight that I wanted to um, talk about, that the kingdom of God was at hand. And what exactly does that mean, and what does it mean for us? And quite often... Um, and I'm getting a little bit um, on a tangent here, which I, I do sometimes. A lot of times when we, we preach the gospel, we want to preach the love of God um, to the world because the Bible says the goodness of God is what leads men to repentance. It's not our words. It's not um, who we are as people. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit moving upon men and his power and the authority of the name of Jesus working actively in, a, in the physical realm to interact with those that are, that are physical. and But we always want to preach the love of God, as the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus himself even said, he said, um, that he, he said, I have not come in this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to judge the world. He came that it might be saved. The flip side of that is that those who choose not to receive what he freely gives um, are automatically um, placed in judgment, not because the Father desires for them to be in judgment, but because they reject the true gift of eternal life through the name of Jesus Christ. 
the Bible says whoever um, calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it doesn't make stipulations or anything about who that could be. It says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved because it also says there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. And it says whoever does not believe in his name is condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of the only begotten Son of the Father who from the beginning of the creation of the world prophets and teachers have spoken of and has been revealed in these last times when he took the form of a human coming in the likeness of flesh that he can condemn sin itself in the flesh that the Lord God could crucify sin inside of his son that we who have been slaves of sin for our entire lives who have known nothing but sin could walk in a newness of life that we could be freed from the bondages and the weight of sin that we could experience a new life a new birth which is what this um what being born again is all about it's not just about a one-way ticket to heaven it's about being recreated on the inside it's about the father blowing once again a new life inside of you as it says in genesis that God formed Adam of the dust in the ground, and but yet he was not alive. And then he breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living being. And once again, the Holy Spirit breathed into us, and we became spiritually alive when we accepted the Lord Jesus in our heart. And then once again, breathing into us, and us being filled with the Holy Spirit, whom the Bible declares is the guarantee of our inheritance in him until the redemption of the purchased possession which is eternal life and we have received the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the hearts and the thoughts and the mind of the Father who leads us and guides us into all truth who declares unto us the Lord Jesus Christ and that being said there is a weighty calling upon our lives though the Bible declares that in Ephesians it says for by grace you are saved through faith by grace you are saved through faith it is a gift of God not of works lest any person should ever boast about it but that being said it also says shall we continue to sin that grace may abound certainly not how how can he who died to sin any longer live in it? And while we continually strive to preach the love of God to the world, to the body of believers, um, the church of the living God, um, to those who are on the outside who don't know God, and we want them to understand and know the love of God. At times there's a different message to preach. Um... The love of God is the love of God. It's unending, um, unmeasurable, unfathomable, unimaginable. The complexity and yet simplicity of his love for us, whereas he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, <clears throat> to pay a price that none of us who have ever been created could either ever possibly fully comprehend or fathom 
what he did upon that cross, what it took, not only that for him for him to be on the cross, but for him to even enter into the form of a man. And then after dying upon the cross, being crucified, having the wrath of God poured out upon him for our sakes, knowing that death itself could not even hold him, through the Holy Spirit, God raised him up from the dead. And he became victorious over death, hell, and the grave, was resurrected into heaven, is now seated at the right hand of the Father, the majesty on high. And he said a couple of things. And, you know, while we preach the um, love of God, Jesus also went forth, it said, preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, you know, the other night we were talking about um, the proclamation. This is like the third night we've sort of gotten into this, and so hopefully I get it right this night. Um, we were preaching the proclamation. We're preaching about the um, proclamation that um, the United States President Barack Obama made about homosexuality. And while sin is sin, we know that all sins um, are the same. As far as the Bible says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God still loves everybody, regardless of what sins they committed. The Bible still declares that we should repent of our sins and turn from our sins. Repentance is not just saying you're sorry. Repentance is a complete, total turn, abandonment of your sin, choosing not your own will and your own desires of your flesh. But choosing to serve God, to turn away from the sin which has been part of your life, and to be holy. God said, be holy, for I am holy. You may ask, how can I be holy? Well, you can be holy through the Word of God, which cleanses your mind, and through the Holy Spirit, which works upon the inside of you, giving you grace and strength. Paul said, um, his grace is sufficient, his strength is made perfect in our weakness, and there is freedom and the blood of Jesus Christ tonight for any of you out there who are suffering or struggling with sin. And the biggest, one of the biggest parts of our message should, while it's a twofold message, part of it is the love of God, but it, that offers eternal life, but there's also a condition which is surrender, not only to him being our Savior and our Lord, but, but, but also to his Lordship, knowing that he is also not only a Savior, but he's also a King, a just and righteous and holy and fearful king one of one thing the Bible teaches is the fear of God the one thing that we and these times we live lacks so much is the fear of the most high God the true understanding of who he is and that he is seated upon a throne and that as the Bible declares to every man is it appointed once to die and after that to judgment and it says that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ every one of us and everything we've ever done everything we've ever said everything we've ever thought will be brought to light because there are no secrets in heaven because the Bible says that God searches the heart of man he doesn't just look on the outside he looks at your heart and so we're going to Read a little bit tonight, um, and this is Matthew chapter eight, verse two. Um, 
Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to start it later on, verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And what it means is there are, in these last times, the Bible says men will heap up for themselves teachers that will preach messages that will satisfy them and um, give them the nice feelings, but lack the actual power um, and the anointing of God, and will lead men astray. It says in verse 16, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. This is in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, just skipping down to the next chapter. We were actually in chapter 7, um, but in chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Behold, a leper came to him and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Because even after the miracle that the man received um, through the grace of God, there was still an act of obedience that needed to be accomplished in our own lives as Christians, um, as those who proclaim and name the name of Jesus. We also, after receiving the grace and the free gift of salvation also must walk in obedience. The Bible says to present yourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. It also says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And what are his commands? He said, when someone asked him what are the greatest commandments, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because it's the fulfillment of the law And some people just take that as meaning love It's the fulfillment of the law But it, no I think it goes a little bit further than that Love the Lord your God With all your heart 
with all your soul, with all your mind, if you love him with everything, if you do things not just because you have to, but you do things out of a heart of love for the Father, there's no possible way you can sin. It's impossible to sin when you're thinking about the Father. If you continually keep your mind focused on him, you see what the enemy does. And for any of you who don't know, the Bible says that the enemy walks around as a roaring lion seeking him be made of our. You know, what the enemy does is he does everything that's humanly possible and spiritually possible to distract you from God. Not distract you from church, not distract you just from reading your Bible, but to distract you from God, period. Anything that can be done to take your mind off of him so that you're not dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. It says, whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And far too many times we take our mind off of him and we walk outside of that covering and that shadow. Because our hearts begin to dwell on other things. Because our emotions, our feelings, our um, desires go for so many other things um, outside of the Lord. And so temptation comes in and is given life by desire and then it brings forth sin. And we always choose, have a choice to sin or not to sin. And if your heart and mind is focused on him, it'll be almost impossible to sin. And I'm not saying that we won't sin because the Bible says if anyone declares he is not sin, he is a liar and the truth isn't in him. But it says if anyone sins, we have an advocate with, with Jesus Christ the righteous. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And not that we will not sin, but that we shouldn't sin in our heart and should and our um, desire should be not to sin, to live a pure and holy life before him, knowing that we walk in the newness of life, knowing that the old man has been buried in baptism, and we walk in the newness of life and the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ, having the ability through faith to walk in the newness of life. And so, therefore, we should not um, follow after um accept, condone, live in any type of sin, because any type of sin that we permit is that which we allow to have control over us. It, the Bible says whatever you print your, present yourself, your bodies to obey, you become that slave of whatever that is, whether it's sin leading to death or life leading to or righteousness leading to life. And far too often as Christians in this world, and I'm not talking about the world on the outside who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ because they're still bound in their, their sin and darkness and in ignorance because they don't know the truth. But for us who are believers in the Lord, we should walk in the newness of life, not caring about sin, whatever the sin is, and it really doesn't make a difference. There's no distinction, sin is sin. Anything that takes you away from God, anything that takes your heart and your mind away from the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible at one point says anything that is not a faith of sin. And so far too often we walk about and um, have some kind of hidden sin in our lives or even some sins that are hidden to everybody in the world except for to our own selves and which we grieve, and to the Holy Spirit, which we also grieve. 
because we don't understand the significance and the destruction that we bring upon our own souls because we choose to follow the desires of our heart and not to follow him. And I wanted to paint a little picture for you here. Um, the biggest battle place, one of the biggest battle places that Christians face is the battle that happens in their own minds. Um, the Father constantly speaking to us through our own thoughts at times, but also the enemy speaking to us and our own flesh speaking to us. And so you constantly have this battle and this war going on in your own heads, um, trying to discern um, between all the different thoughts that you have that you always believe are your own. But the truth is not every thought you think is your own. Just because a thought comes through your head doesn't mean that it's your own thought. Um, sometimes it could be the Father speaking to you, and sometimes it could be the enemy speaking to you, the li speaking to you lies. A good example of that is any time that you hear a thought in your head that doesn't line up with what the Word of God declares about you and declares over you, then you know it did not. It definitely did not come from God, and it either came from yourself or it came from the enemy. Usually it comes from the enemy and you just don't know it because you can't see him there. You don't hear him with an audible voice, but at the same time we don't hear God always with an audible voice, but we still know that he speaks to us. We still know that he leads us. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And so what happens is the enemy declares war upon us. Not that he could destroy us but that he could distract us. Because when we're distracted, we start walking in darkness and in blindness, and we start allowing different areas of the world to come into our heart and to take residence in our heart. And every area in our heart that is filled with anything outside the presence of God is an area that the enemy has control over. It's an enemy. I mean, it's an area that God cannot use, that God cannot work through because we choose not to let him have it. And so then what happens is you get to a point from continually refusing to yield to the spirit of grace of the Father working in your life to cleanse you from sin that it gets, it gets harder and harder to hear the voice of the Father because you have so many other voices you're listening to. And it gets confusing. And then when you want to hear the voice of God, it becomes really hard because you can't distinguish it. And even though my Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, the problem is you put yourselves in different flocks and different folds, so there's a bunch of different shepherds that you're listening to all at once, and you're trying to stay on the, stay on the line, be halfway in the world and halfway out of it declaring with your mouth that you're serving the Lord God, but with your flesh you're serving the enemy. The Bible says that you can't love two masters. You will be loyal to one and despise the other. And inadvertently and unintentionally and perhaps intentionally at times we make the choice that at particular moments in our lives, whether it's um, one-time thing here and there or whether it's a continual basis, we make the choice to serve ourselves or to serve the enemy and not to serve God. 
through our own actions. You know, we talked about homosexuality, and we know that the Bible declares it's a sin. It says that those who practice such things will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's the word of God, not mine. It says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But yet at the same time, what if you're a person who lies a lot? Well, the Bible says not to let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. It also says, let him who stole steal no longer. So if you're stealing, then you're also giving the enemy place. It says, give no place to the devil. And so there's all these areas in our lives as Christians that we can't possibly point to anybody else and declare their sin. Because we have so much of our own. We have so many different areas that the Lord needs to work in. And just when you think you've gotten rid of one sin, then you possibly overlook another. And, you know, sometimes there's roots of sin. Sometimes you may have one sin that you're aware of, but the real reason you can, it's so easy to fall into the sway of that sin is because of something else that has hold in your life that you need freedom from. I'll give you an example. Um, in my own life, um, the Lord speaks to me in weird ways at times, and he says things out of the blue, and um, he, and it's really, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but um, I had smoked for a long time um, cigarettes um, ever since I was in, um, probably back in like 1996, and I was in my car one day, and all of a sudden, um, I was smoking a cigarette or something, and out of the blue, wasn't even talking to the Lord. He just sort of like butt in, which is good when he does. He said, why are you letting the enemy steal your voice? And it was just like one of those things that just hit you. And I realized that the Lord was explaining to me that it's not always just the sin, it's the outcome of the sin. Because the Bible says sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And not it's not always just a physical death. Sometimes it's a spiritual death. Sometimes it's a hardening of your heart that the Lord can't move in. Because you've hardened it so much that he has no way to shape it anymore. Because you've put it in a little box and you've put a key on it and you've locked it away and said, Okay, Lord, this is mine, not yours. You can't have it. You can have all this. You can have this part of my life. I'll go to church on Sundays, and I'll read my Bible. I'll even read it every morning. I'll sing worship music in my car, and I'll do this for you, and I'll tell people that I love you and that I'm a Christian if they ask. But this one area, this you know, this is mine, God. This is This is what I enjoy. And all of a sudden, we don't realize what we're really saying is, you know what, God, you're just not that important. You're important in all these other areas, and you can have so much space, but I'm not going to surrender. I'll share, but I'm not giving you my life. I'll do things for you because I think I should, and, and I love you, but I don't love you that much. Just enough to get by. And the downside is, that those attitudes that we have with the Lord, which without even realizing it, are those very things that pull us away from Him. Because every time the Lord speaks to us and we refuse to listen, we refuse to obey, and we refuse to be obedient, 
it becomes harder to hear him. Every time the Lord draws us close and we back away, we get further and further from him. So that it gets to a point we don't even recognize him anymore. Instead of being the person that we've fallen in love with, as the Bible says, the lover of our souls, he becomes just a God that we know is out there somewhere. Just Jesus who saved us and delivered us. But he no longer has a place of a friend. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a break for just a minute, and we will be right back. So come back. Until the whole world knows, until the whole world knows, the gospel is good 
we're not going to believe what the doctor says. We're going to believe what the Word of God says. Um, because while doctors have amazing knowledge, amazing ability to heal people with medicine and whatever else, we know that God has even more power. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so once again, uh, with all of you who are out there listening, I want to pray again for her, um, asking the Lord to continue to um, heal her. So Father God, Most High Father, Lord, your name is so holy. We know you are the way. God, we know you are the truth. Jesus, we know you are the life. And we know that your word, which is infallible, declares that by your stripes we are healed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we speak life to the blood vessels in Amy's hands. We speak life to the blood vessels in every one of her ten fingers in the name of Jesus. We command the blood vessels that have died to be reborn and to be given life, Father, that you would quicken them and restore them in the name of Jesus. Father, to the blood vessel and her other foot, Father, complete restoration. Lord, complete restoration in the name of Jesus. We command those blood vessels, every vein, every blood vessel to be full of life, to start pumping blood in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, for her kidney, Lord, Lord, that you would completely restore it as brand new in the name of Jesus. Father, for every other organ in her body that has been affected by this disease, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask, God, that you would heal her right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, touch her, Lord, in your name. Father, speak comfort to her family, Lord. Strengthen them with might through their spirit through in their inner man. I mean, through your spirit and their inner man, God. Give them strength. Give them comfort, Father. Give them peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, let your Holy Spirit fill that that room right now, Lord, in the hospital where she's at, Lord. Father, let the cloud of your glory rest upon that room. Father, that they would know that your hand is there. Father, that we trust not in man, but we trust in your name, O oh God. You who are holy, Father, you who are true. Father, we declare your name to be great over Amy. We declare your faithfulness over Amy. Lord, we declare your glory, your praise over Amy in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not a um, casual a simple thing to believe that the Father can heal people. The Bible says whoever Jesus said if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of him. Jesus said if you ask anything in my name I will do it but ask in faith. And so we who know who God is know his power, know his majesty and his Godhead. Know that he hears our prayers. Know that he can answer our prayers. Know that he doesn't 
even have to go into that room, even though his presence is already there. But he could speak one word, and Amy will be made completely whole. And sometimes in our prayers, we need to have a type of boldness to boldly come to the Father and proclaim his word, to prophetically proclaim his word into situations where there seems to be only death. We proclaim the life that we know to be true in the name of Jesus. So to go back to... um, what we were talking about, sin and relationship with God. You know, for many of us um, desire to know him. Paul said that he counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord. And he said, what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost. And he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. But he also said that he dies daily. He said he brings himself into submission, at least after he has preached to others, he himself might become disqualified. Which seems like a weird thing for the Apostle Paul to say, knowing that he wrote a majority of the New Testament, knowing that he had such an amazing encounter with the Lord, knowing that he had such a revelation to meet Jesus face to face, to hear directly from Jesus what the Lord wanted him to do, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But as Jesus has said, he learned obedience through suffering. Paul also learned obedience through suffering, through the persecution of the Lord, through walking in that persecution for declaring the name of Jesus. He learned obedience. And in in that obedience, he also learned about walking in this new life which we have. It says in Romans, it says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short the glory of God. Being justified freely by the grace, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God hath passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. But then if we go even past that, we're going to go to um, chapter six of Romans. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who die to sin any longer, live in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, 
certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died, to, who has, died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. With the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Excuse me. It says, What then? Shall we sin because we are under the not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave, whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm going to keep going. It says, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is not an adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions, which were aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, 
having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not the oldness of the letter. And, you know, the writer of Romans is not talking to the world. He's talking to the church at the moment. He's talking to those who are believers about sin. And why would he need to talk to believers about sin if they could not be found in sin? And we all need to come to the Lord. As a song that used to say, um, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. We should all come to the Lord asking him to search our hearts to see if there's any areas of our hearts that are still in darkness, any areas that we have held back from him, any areas that he needs to work through, that we can be completely and totally submitted to his lordship, to his majesty, that we can be completely and totally set apart for him. So, you know, the message of the gospel of, the, of Christ is not just eternal life, but it's also a newness of life. It's also deliverance from sin, deliverance from the weight of sin and the bondage of sin. And you tonight can be free from sin, even if you know the Lord, even if you've loved the Lord, you can still be freed from whatever sin is holding you back. You may not know or may not believe that you can escape it, but you've already escaped through the blood of Jesus, and you just need to walk in it. And how do you do that? You do that by coming to the Lord and asking for him to give you revelation of the freedom which you already have in him, for the lies of the enemy to be broken over your life, to declare that you're slaves, because that you're a slave to sin, because you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to righteousness, because you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You have... Your old man has been buried with him, and you have been raised into a newness of life, no longer bound to the law, no longer bound to sin, but you are free to serve the Lord with a joyful heart. So we're going to um, end the show tonight probably right there. Our if you need prayer, our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. You can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail dot com. I know we usually go about two hours. Um tonight we're gonna cut it a little bit short. Um because I think that's probably enough for now. Um you know, I can speak out of um my own personal life. Um, sometimes it's easier to explain things. The Bible says that um, we overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, not loving our lives unto death. And, you know, many times in my own life, I've 
found that there was different areas in my life that um, I still hold on to, different sins um, that may not have been the greatest sins. It's not sins like where I went out and got drunk every night or even though I've done that in the past before I knew him, before I was surrendered to him. And it's not like I went out and killed people or slept with other people's wives or anything like that. But it's the small things. It's um, the small things that we have to ask the Lord to reveal to us. The things that sometimes go unnoticed. Um, gossiping, backbiting, um, adultery in our own hearts, idolatry. Um, all sorts of things that um, are acts of the flesh, things that come from the flesh and the desires of the flesh. And we who desire to enter into the most holy place, we who desire to hear his voice, to really have communion with him, must begin to learn to walk in the newness of life which we have in him, walk in the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, understanding that we no longer have to walk in sin. You know, I can give you a, a, a different story. One of my friends, um, and I'll never forget this, um, he loved the Lord, and but he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And in the midst of it, the Lord spoke to him. Because there's nowhere you can go outside of the presence of God. But the Lord spoke to him, and he said, you know, you don't have to do this. And it was that moment that all of a sudden he's like, wait, why am I doing this? You're right. I don't have to do this. And all of a sudden a line was drawn in the sand, a distinction between fulfilling the desires of his flesh and choosing to be obedient to God and to be obedient to the word of the Lord. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And what areas, and I wanted to um, say, what areas in your life, um, if any, um, are there that need to be sanctified to him? What parts of your life need to be given over to the Lord, knowing that he is our Lord and he's also our king, and he asks for obedience? And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I ask that you would reveal the deliverance and the freedom we have in your name, Father, through your blood. Reveal to us tonight, Father, the newness of life that we walk in. Reveal to us, as your word declares, that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Father, that you would give us a repentant heart, Lord. Not only for our own lives, Lord, but for that for those of our nations, Father, and of our world, Father, who has turned away from you, Father, that you would re you would bring forth a spirit of repentance over the nations, Lord. That you would turn them back to you, Father, in the name of your Son Jesus. Lord, that you would rend the hearts of the nations, Father, and cause them, Lord, to seek your face once again, Father from the east and to the west, Lord, that you would call out to the nations of the world, Father, to the, na to the leaders of the nations, Father. Cause them to seek your faith, Father. Cause the nations once again to turn to you in righteousness, Lord, and surrender to, Father, your word and to your name, Lord. Father, for all those who are listening tonight, Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom and revelation. 
Father, you would open their spiritual eyes, Father. Lord, that you would cleanse their minds through your word, Father. That you would give them discernment of your voice, Lord. As Jesus said, that your sheep will hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. That you would develop in them, in all of us, Father, the ability to hear your voice, Lord. That you remove every voice inside of our heads, everything in our spirits, Lord, that would prevent us from hearing your voice, Lord. Every distraction, Father, that you would remove it in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, that we can come to you with a clear conscience and a pure heart, Father, knowing that we are purchased with a great price of the blood of Jesus, Father, knowing that our righteousness is not of our own, but it's from you, Lord. But not only that we have righteousness through your name, Lord, but also that we are free to walk in this newness of life which you have given us. So this is Prayer International. Um, and if you need prayer, you can always email us um, at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so for all of you out there, um, have a good night, and we will see you tomorrow night.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.